Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, good to have you with us. Great to be with you again, Dr. Paul. Very good. We're going to be talking about world economy and testing whether or not the globalists are winning or losing or what they're up to. Uh, I know most likely they're up to no good. I think that's probably pretty safe. They're up to no good. So, yeah. but before I do this, I want, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about a subject I've talked about, oh, you know, for a few years or a few decades, and that has to do with sound money, and sound money to me means uh, something you can touch and feel and put it in your pocket like, like gold. And uh, that's been around a long time. Uh, I, I guess uh, some people estimate they actually, well, they knew about gold even longer than 5,000 years, but as, as understanding its value as money, it's been around probably 5,000 years, and some people say 6,000 years. So it's, it's been around, so we know a lot about gold. But I want to mention that gold is still used, it's still very popular, and still, uh, you, you know, uh, something that people look at and try to figure out should you invest in it. And that's one of the reasons we partner with, uh, uh, with Birch gold group because they're in that business and uh, they offer special help on people who are looking at different investments because there's not one investment that fits everybody's needs so if you want to follow up on this and get uh, some of this advice uh, you go to Ron at 989898 and you will be in touch with the uh, Birch Gold Group. They will send you material, and guess what? You don't have to pay for it. And uh, it'll, it'll explain a lot of things, so it's easy to remember. You, what you do is you, you text RON at 989898, and the, the Birch people will send you some material where there's no charge. But I do want to talk a little bit more about gold and why we uh, partner with a gold company, talk about gold, and, and the significance of it, because it, right now in the news and in the markets, because the markets are in such shambles, we're living through historic times, and, and that has to do with the debt. And I happen to believe that if you're looking for relationships about gold and why it goes up, it's debt. And uh, there's all records being broken there. There's not all records right now uh, with the gold price beating, beating all records, but the potential is there. For instance, when our country started uh, and early on, uh, when the Fed before as uh, before the Fed came in, uh, gold was twenty dollars an ounce. Wow, that's a pretty good deal. Of course, it uh, had different purchasing power, but uh, you know now now it's gone up two hundred fold. It's essentially $2,000. And, and people think, oh yeah, but this is different now. The gold's not gonna go up like that. Probably, probably isn't. But, you know, just in the 70s is, is, was an exciting uh, decade for me, looking at the predictions coming true about the Bretton Woods breaking down when, oh yeah, when they took over, when the Fed took over, they say, well, yeah, we're gonna inflate, inflate but just, well, let's just make it at $35 an ounce. But when their lie became knowledgeable to all the people, the people started buying gold. Of course, it was illegal for us, so it took a while to get it legal again and, and buy gold and invest in gold, which actually is easier now than back then. But during, during that time, during that decade, it went up 20-fold. 
when you think of those figures, what about thinking about just a uh, a, a, a surge in the gold price now? It's, uh, you know, meandering right now, but it's still, you know, $2,000 a night. But what if it doubled? <laughs> you know, that that's $4,000 and what, what it goes up 20 times or something. So the potential by history means that when it gets out of control, it can do all sorts of things. I would have never dreamed that uh, we'd be looking at $32 trillion debt and the, and the whole system is still operating. But there's a lot of people looking around for how to protect themselves. And right now, it's, uh, it's the gold that people are resorting to. And that's why, like I said earlier, that people who want to get a little more information, go to Ron989998, and the Birch Group will send you some material. But uh, Chris, we want to talk about the economy and the worldwide economy that we have because it is a global issue. Uh, you know, I, I can remember very clearly when Bush was president, uh, George W. Bush, and um, he, he orchestrated the uh, organization called the World, Tor uh, World Trade Organization, WTO. And uh, he was bold, I'll tell you, he was bold because this is the first time I've heard anybody who pretends that they run everything admitted that there is a new world order. He says, this is the third leg of the New World Order, like it was a, an achievement of great success. Well, the New World Order has been here for a while, and it's meandering. <clears throat> the only contest they have is with the market, and usually the market is a little stronger than the bureaucrats. But anyway, they're dangerous because they have the tool of political power that they'll use and try to force themselves onto the people <clears throat> and get involved in, uh, in investment. They have all kinds of rules on investment. For, for instance, there's, uh, there, there's a group now, the woke group, say that you should take into consideration all your investments to make sure that there's div diversity, equity, and inclusion. Hmm. Well, that sounds like what the market would do automatically without a government. You know, they would probably do it naturally, uh, voluntarily, and nobody would be forced to do anything, but they sound like, you know, good goals. But uh, then when it came to it comes to investment over the last several years, we've had this BlackRock group and Larry Fink getting together who got, got control of $10 trillion and works with the government where if, uh, <clears throat> if you don't obey, you don't get, to, uh, get the benefits, the government promises unless you follow these rules, mostly on the environment and things. So they have a program, uh, that's, uh, the letters are e ESG, that you have to follow the rules of uh, the radical environmentalists. Uh, you have to follow social rules as well. And you also have to be uh, dealing with the government all the time. So the, this is the type of thing that's going on. But what we're talking, going to talk about today, uh, of course, Chris, is the article that we have talked about. And that has, um, has to do with uh, the United Nations. There's been a preliminary meeting telling us and giving us strong hints on what's going to happen. The Federalists wrote this up, <clears throat> and they're talking about next year when there's going to be a major event uh, dealing with the United Nations. But I just read the, read the title to you, uh, and, and it'll tell you a little, give you a little bit of hint. So the New World Order is still around, even though I don't think it does a very good job. I just saw a, a, a headline this morning. It says ESG. <laughs> that planning group investing isn't doing much for the environment uh mm -hmm. yale study confirms so they're not at all successful but they're buckling down 
they're going to say we're going to do it and we want control we have control of the purse and the money and the guns so that's what we want to do and uh <clears throat> they're seeking permanent emergency powers for uh, all complex global stocks and shocks this is this is big time and the, these plans are laid out and they'll have this will be con uh, confirmed next year at, at a uh, UN meeting and unfortunately they're going to make a lot of hay of this <clears throat> long time I would predict it's not going to work but a lot of people are going to suffer and we'll probably lose some liberties over but we're also going to lose a lot of uh, a lot of wealth too and that's the reason why not only do we have to think about this theoretically uh, we have to think about this on how we all can best survive these types of problems that are created by government Chris right dr. Paul and the first thing you know immediately I thought this is typical this is par for the course see because uh, government in government and government, there's a lot of good people in government, doesn't mean everybody's bad that's in government, but the incentive structure that is part of the government is backwards. It's the opposite of uh, the rest of society. Uh, you know, you in society, when you fail to serve or fail to do it profitably, you're punished. And I've personally have been involved with companies that are no longer in business, and there's nobody that's coming to save you, and you can't just cry that you need more money. Well, that's how it is with government. When they fail, they can claim and do claim that they don't have enough money or power, so they need more money and power. And we see this throughout all of government. Very famously is the government schools. Constantly, constantly want money and the results keep getting worse and worse. Doesn't matter how much pro uh, money you throw at the government schools, uh, that's not the problem. It's the same thing with Ukraine. It doesn't matter how many weapons or, or uh, you know, we're already at 100 billion that has, has, is gone. You know, it's the issue is not money. Uh, and there are people that still today think that government didn't do enough during COVID, amazingly. So that's the incentive structure. They always want more power. And for people that work in government, you know, if you work for an agency, your incentive is to spend your entire budget. Because then when budgets, you know, when it's time for, then you can claim you need more money. And if you don't do that with your agency, the other agency down, you know, down the hallway, they're doing it. They're spending their entire budget so they could get more money. So this is why government must be limited. That's why the founders wanted to chain this down. Because once you take those chains off, they are constantly on the hunt for more of your money and more power over you. You should all be alert to this and what's going on. I'm going to read a little bit of the article that was written by uh, Steve uh, Watson that was in uh, Zero Hedge because these are strong words and uh, they've, they've read what these plans on uh, diligently and they're trying to warn us. And it, it, goes, it goes this way. They, first off, he did, does so, uh, emphasize in, in the article and warns that uh, there will always be, and we've, we've seen this in several places, well, there will be another epidemic, won't there? Yeah, we already know what virus is going to be, or fake virus. Anyway, that, that is a major issue. But this is what, was, uh, uh, what I clipped here from this article that gives you a, a pretty good idea of what's happening. The Federalist, that's where the uh, uh, report came from. The Federalist reports that the plan is to be finalized at a September 2024 summit of the future, where the UN will adopt a pact for the future. 
to include policies that have been outlined in the globalist bodies, our common agenda report. Common means you obey and everybody has to be part of it. No, no independent, no independent thinking, no individualism. And then he goes on to say, one such policy is an emergency platform during any events that have a global impact that would provide the UN the authority to act, this is emphasize, actively promote and drive an international response that places the principles of equity and solidarity at the center of the work. That is mischief, that's evil, science, but it's couched in decent terms because so much of what they claim they're going to do, equity, of course, the best way to have equity and prosperity and peace is to have more freedom and get away from the pure bureaucrats who want to make money and control, control the corporations and advance the cause of fascism. So, uh, but the words, and, and that's the way it happens all the time, daily, you know, the two political parties, you, you have to really be careful because, boy, they believe what we believe. Yeah, but, but they, they, they're not believable. They're just trying to con the people into supporting them. But like I've said many times, I think the people are starting to wake up, Chris, and, and that's, that's good. But we'll do our best to try to expose them so that the people will wake up and not put up with it and not wait for the total calamity. Because this is the system we have is unworkable, whether it's a monetary system, whether it's the immorality that's a, that it has invaded Washington, D.C. And, and the rest of the political system. We do see bits and pieces. We've seen people come forth since this last election who are honestly pursuing trying to get to the bottom of things and to learn the plain truth of things. Chris? Yes, very good. And one thing about globalism is it's it's a very, very old and very, very failed idea. It just It's always been with us in humanity. You can go back to the ancient Greeks, you know, where there, it was their idea. It was called Hellenization. They were going to make everything and everyone in the known world Greek. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's just, it can't be done because what you're doing, especially in our world with 7 billion people, is taking seven billion individuals and trying to put a cookie cutter on top, a one size fits all. And that is, is just the stupidest idea. But they do it, you know, or they try to do it. They don't do it, but they try. We, I mean, we are individuals. We, we are not the same. We're human beings, but we're individual human beings and we can't be treated the same. We saw with COVID, our health is personal. It is not something that you just create some tonic and just spread it all over the world and see what happens. You know, there is no one size fits all when it comes to health. With finance, finances, you can't fix interest rates because prices are determined by two individuals in that moment based on what they value more than something else. You can't just set an interest rate for, for everyone. I, I mean, they do it and they turn, in, turn everything upside down. So there is no one size fits all. Same thing with our empire. You can't go to Iraq and turn it into a mini United States with McDonald's everywhere and all our progressive values <clears throat> and everything else. They're going to throw you out. And that's what they did. You know, so this idea, it just never dies. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just new crops of people try think they're going to be the ones to do it. But globalism is a old and very failed idea. Very good. 
You know, I mentioned in my opening statement that uh, the one big issue to watch and that is uh, expanding uh, astronomical rates, and that is debt. It's the government debt, but there's a lot of other debt going on. The average person in the old days uh, used to plan for the future, uh, and they would save money. It came out of saving. But they have taught people that savings is a dumb idea. Don't give little kids money and teach them how to put money in a piggy bank because they can use it later on. And we, we still do it out of habit with the grandkids. But, but it's not smart economics because that money goes down in value. And uh, now what they teach and they say, well, buy early, spend, borrow money. So the debt is, is huge. And to get back on our feet again, after the collapse because this is not going to be we're not going to be weaned away from this it's impossible because the weaning away is uh, will cause massive economic convulsions just like it would be if you tried to get somebody off drugs uh, they literally have convulsion and uh, this is this is a, a, a serious problem and debt is big but in, in that same category I put malinvestment that is because of the low interest rates that uh, that Chris was talking about, people do dumb things. Uh, low interest rates, you might not save the money, you spend more money and you make bad investments, you invest in companies and then you have bubbles and there's a, a lot of different kind of bubbles and you're right, you know, we had a, the NASDAQ bubble a while ago, but I think there's another pseudo uh, NASDAQ bubble going on right now and a lot more. And that, uh, that means we have to be prepared for this. But the whole thing is, is the, uh, <clears throat> the efforts right now are mainly concentrating on changes made uh, w with a term called and a process called wokeism. Uh, governments are going to control on how they do. They, they want to have you join and have the benefits of the protection of the government. It's uh, like, a, like a gangster. We'll give you protection if you do what we tell you. So governments will give you protection if you do it. So it's woke, uh, wokeism, and I listed the different items. The items sound uh, decent. Yeah, let's have equity. Yeah. Well, you can't do it with one crook in Washington uh, or two or three telling you they, they can divide up all the loot and it'll be equitable. It, it doesn't work like that. They serve their own interests. But right now, the wokeism has substituted for, you know, a higher law. A higher law has been known since the beginning of time. People have known that you shouldn't lie, cheat, and steal for thousands of years in the earliest written laws, way back in history. And they were always listed these things that were evil and bad, and it was a higher law. And the founders talked a lot about the higher law that, uh, yes, you can't have a perfect society, but you have to know what the goal is. And a higher law is nonviolence and criminality and killing. And yet uh, now we have a growing number of people, even though this uh, group of people been around a long time. And those are the nihilists and, and uh, they're the fascists. They say, well, you can't know the truth, so we have to fulfill the role of the vacuum created. If people can't know the truth, nobody knows the truth. The only truth you follow is what we tell you. That's the truth they believe in mm -hmm. to substitute. So there's a vacuum there, and the nihilists, are, you know, just fill this in. And then the woke people have all the intimidations and threats, and that will end. That is, there's, it's coming to a climactic end. Uh, and it will get worse before it gets better. But we see it. We see them. You know, I love these organizations. Now, you, 
parents for children. Oh, thank goodness for that. And yet at the same time, we have this uh, transgenderism where parents, kids that are not of age, doing transgenderism. Oh, yeah, we know. Well, should have been a boy. Should have been a girl. We know better. That is so evil. That uh, is such an affront to decency and morality and a higher law that I can't understand it. But I'll tell you what, I think people are waking up. And it might be that this, uh, this campaign going on, uh, maybe the numbers who uh, believe as we do will uh, grow in numbers and they may send uh, a stronger message about what they think the government should be doing and should not be doing. Chris. Yes, very good. Dr. Paul, I will finish up. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, globalism is an old idea, ancient. Uh, and one thing, you know, there's a lot of people that are afraid of it, and I can understand that. But one thing you shouldn't worry is this is not a monolithic blob that is, you know, trying to devour us. Far from it. You know, it's not one big club and we're not in it. It's a lot of clubs, and they all are vying for power. A lot of groups. And they will work with one another when it's convenient and to their own interests. We saw that with COVID. We saw a lot of these groups um, working together to achieve their own goals. And then they, you know, they scatter again. Uh, you know, and there's all types of groups. There's the secret ones. People spend their lives, you know, reading about and studying all these secret societies. And then there's not so secret, like the World Economic Forum. They're very public in telling you on, you know, what they want for for humanity and then i'm sure there's lots of clubs that nobody knows they exist and you can't look them up you can't read about them but you know it's all it is is groups of people uh and you know you can consider libertarians the same way uh we uh we will work with those you know progressives that are you know they're they're far, few and far between these days they're anti-war and anti-empire even though our ideologies are very uh, far apart but even with uh, within libertarianism that you have different clubs you have like us like the ron paul libertarians then there's libertarians that are nothing like ron paul so there is no monolithic globalist system that everything is going according to plan this is all mapped out absolutely not so you could always relax in that sense uh but they have very good pr and that's why they are able to scare a lot of people into thinking that they're going to be enslaved. Very good. You know, uh, words are very important. Language is very important. And or, or, or I'll do about this, the distort language and just get the people confused. But the one word that they dwell on and they never give up on is the holiness of the word democracy. How could anybody be against monopoly? And, and democracy. So what, what they say, though, is they imply is if 51% vote on something, then it, it, must be, uh, it must be good and you have to obey it. How else can you pick and choose? Well, there are other ways, but democracy is a re real danger because that's a dictatorship of the majority. It's uh, well understood. The founders understood it very well. They despised pure democracy. And they, they did not, they, they wanted to have limited government and, and uh, people who, who uh, promoted government and things, but it was a, a, to be called a republic, not, not a democracy. And uh, this is something that they use all the time. And if you're not for it, then, then you're a bad guy. But uh, 
the the one thing is, well, how do they get so much support out there? If uh, if the transgender people are just a small percentage, and the various groups, they might have small groups. What they do, what they're able to do, is uh, coordinate that and become a 51 percent. And they're all together there for different things. But then they gang up on the people who are the producers and the and those who believe in the higher law. And they're able to, uh, you know, do this because they're the majority and the majority rules. And 51% is the dictatorship of the majority. And that is, that is a real problem. I, I keep thinking about this issue about what was going on, you know, with the uh, Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Uh, in a way... Uh, the one thing the founders had to cooperate with, they dealt with it, they understood it, there was a debate on slavery, and uh, some, some were, well, they bo both sides, uh, you know, had their positions and they held, strong, held it strongly. But they, uh, they said that, uh, you, you know, if, if uh, we, we do this, uh, the only way we can have a nation is we have to compromise in order to get the majority vote. And, you know, as far as an infraction goes, now it was significant, but there were so many other great things that came out of the debates in the Constitution that uh, it, it, uh, we could have survived. We did for a while. But this whole, this whole thing, you know, in, in a way, and I've used this for the argument against people now, how can you be against, uh, you know, dictatorship of the majority when they're going to take care of the people and make sure there are no slaves and everybody's treated fairly and equally? Well, it, it turns out that the majority, even in our, our history, the majority, to get the majority just to go along, we're saying, well, we'll deal with the issue of slavery uh, later on. And, of course, the delay caused the death of a lot of Americans, which was a sad story, too. But anyway, uh, I think that we're at a point in history where some major things are going on. The most symbolic thing to watch is, is, is the accumulation, the exponential growth of all debt, especially our government debt, and the authoritarianism that goes along with it domestically and internationally. You know, we were supposed to be concerned and take an oath to protect uh, against all enemies, domestic and foreign. Well, I'll tell you what, it seems like the domestic people who have infractions on our liberties are the ones who get away with uh, <coughs> defying what we're doing overseas because uh, we need to deal with our problems here at home, our borders, rather than going over and think, we are noble people, we know how to take care of the world, and we should have an empire, and that is our goal in life. And I think more and more people realize that we don't need, one example I use, and there was something in the news the other day where our Coast Guard was off doing mischief in the China Sea, you know, something like that. Is why, why aren't they in the Gulf of Mexico or someplace? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But everybody said, oh, the Coast Guard, oh boy, that's a good group. Actually, they are a good group and they have a good goal, but not, not in the China Sea or the Mediterranean Sea or the Black Sea. We don't need the Coast Guard over there. Even though they say, well, we have interests there. We have national interests there. We have to protect them. But we have a different idea, <clears throat> believing that peace and prosperity can be achieved through persuasion and volunteerism. And that is what we stand for. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.